0: Hello, and welcome to episode 17 of the Anti-Racist Economy with Kim Creighton. Mm -hmm. As the Anti-Racist Economist, Kim is dedicated to building a future that is supremacy, coercion, discrimination, and exploitation-free. Each episode, join Kim and myself, Erin Mills, as we discuss the intersection of pop culture, current events, social change, and ever explore the critical dynamics of anti-racism and psychological safety in the workplace. Hi, Kim.
1: Hello, how are y'all?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. I would like to start by wishing you a happy belated birthday.
2: Oh, thank you. I will accept that belated birthday, even though you did actually wish it to me on my birthday. But the <laughs> I, audience can wish me a happy belated birthday.
0: <laughs> absolutely, as they should. And you went to New Orleans this year yes. on your birthday, so I thought we could start talking about that and uh what you did i was getting some amazing texts
2: i know there was a cemetery tour at one point i (laughs) okay so um this is the joy part of it i i mean not the what's up part i actually did not go on the cemetery tour because um it was the i was (laughs) never like first of all it was um after i had uh i've been out all day and I am just not a night person like I used to be at all. Um, when the I just I'm just after five o'clock, I'm ready to just shut it down, and then that means getting my cocoon, watch my read or whatever it is. It's it's mm. definitely not around being around other people, which makes going out <laughs> very challenging. <laughs> so um, I did not do that because it was I was debating back and forth like ah. And then they sent a message, a text message saying, um, because it was going to, it's at night, which I have no problem with. um, And so they were going to wait till it got started getting dark around. So it it started at seven, but they sent me a text message, which just did it in for me. There's like, uh, and it was, it was a Friday and I didn't contemplate, I didn't think about that. And it's, and so they said, um, if you've already been drinking, please Reschedule because this is a respectful, you know, we're going to it th- and I was like, nope, don't want to be around no drunk white people. Nope, 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 no no nope, no nope. No, 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 no. So I, <laughs> but what I did the next day was going um uh, a swamp tour, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's was it like a fan boat or how did you get? No, they had they oh.
2: had fan boats. I'm glad I didn't do that. I actually just did. It was just a um a, a regular pontoon boat with a cover um because it was sunny as hell out there um um it was at 9 30 it was already 90 degrees um but it I I was happy that I didn't do the because I did the fan the the fan boat when I did the Everglades in Florida but I'm happy I didn't do that because I was in a really reflective mode and so moving very slowly on the water I had my notes I was I mean just like journaling and and we saw alligators and but it was just really calm which I needed
0: yeah That's nice. Yeah. I love New Orleans. I always feel as though you're going to another country. I always say it has such a distinct history and culture. Yes. But
2: one thing that when you bring that up, that really, that I really was disappointed in though, is because I was near Canal Street. um, Oh, Every place that people said to go eat, was touristy and it was not flavored it was not new orleans it was like so i was like where is the fucking ga, ga, um, gas station that's where the food is because i've never <laughs> been to a city where gas station food it is like, it's like where is the hood shit that's what i want yeah. it was like not flavored it was like what the heck? people kept telling oh go to mothers go to mothers go to mother's so i get up early to go to mother's actually when i came out there was a line around the corner because it was like right at 12 o'clock i went at 11 30 so i was like let me get in before the lunch people that food like the red, red beans and rice texture wise was good flavor wise not so good the pole boy, and it's like it's like where i need mean, black? where are the black folks cooking this where is it <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's just important so next time i go i definitely will have a car so i can say um because i i need to go to that place over there <laughs> Yeah. But other than that it was I was the food was just disappointing because again I was in a tourist trap which is the Bourbon Street that shit Of
0: course yeah Yeah
2: and that's the place that got sanitized after after Katrina you know, they brought out, so it was like really, but other than that, it was, I love, I do, I like the environment of New Orleans, it has yeah. a different energy, a different vibe, it reminds me of why I like LA, because in LA, you can do what the fuck you want to, and no one gives a shit, you can walk around right. butt-ass naked, and motherfuckers would just walk past, like you ain't even there, I yeah. like that, and I've always liked that, and that's probably because I grew up in the South, and people mm-hmm. always have an opinion about shit, and so New Orleans reminds me of that whole thing, because I, 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 again, I'm a historian, I watch, um, the prohibition documentary by uh with um by kim burns and they they were talking about how um the prohibition agents um had a a a a pool kind of thing uh and they were like what city can you get um alcohol for the quickest and the and the prohibition agent he said new orleans has it hands down he said he got off the train got into the cab and as soon as he sat down the man offered him a swig from under the seat (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's awesome
2: <laughs> I was like my kind of town <laughs> that's
0: it that's great that's awesome
2: so what's up with you
0: you know I it's interesting speaking of cities and vibes I have been spending a lot of time in New York City just by virtue of that's where our events and clients have been located the last few months and it's, it's been interesting to get back in the city because before founding Strathouse I worked in the city every day I did the commute every single day into Manhattan. I've always lived on the New Jersey side. And so for me, it's been really cool to go into the city sort of on my own terms,
2: mm-hmm. to feel that I,
0: you know, and yeah, to on your and, own
2: terms is what's important. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And to be there for events that we're producing now under this company. And it feels like returning home, like a little yeah. bit of a homecoming. Yeah. So that's been cool. Um, and I'm actually going back to the city tomorrow. I'm having, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm having lunch with uh, a dear, uh, dear friend and colleague who I haven't seen in quite a long time. And it just, yeah. So I'm enjoying the the vibe that, the, that New York breaks and, and appreciating it for what it is and what it's meant to me in my career. Yeah. But, but But I'm able to abandon the like laborious commute and the hustle and the, you know. Everything
2: that people say New York is. it's manufactured (laughs) it It is is. it's totally manufactured yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and so wow that's good because I do like New New York I wouldn't want to live there I like to visit um but again under my my guidelines my yeah yeah under my terms um because that is a city where you can get easily wrapped up in it's like San Francisco get easily wrapped up in how this city behaves Right. And what we do (laughs) and how we function and it's all dysfunctional. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, and New Orleans is significant to this conversation today because that's where our trigger lies. So when you were in New Orleans on your birthday, you were confronted with a very difficult conversation um, that you that you felt was necessary to have.
2: Well, I'm gonna say it was difficult. It was uncomfortable.
0: Uncomfortable. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to bring in de- degrees into this because what yep. somebody may feel is un- uh, uh, um, uh, what's the word you just use? Shit.
0: Difficult. I said difficult. difficult. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, is may not be somebody else's difficult, but it, but let's will just say uncomfortable because when you have to, and I'll define uncomfortable as having that conversation that makes you stump. You know, you have to have it. It has to be addressed. And you're just like, how do I do this with a colleague, a friend, my parent, whatever, you know, so that's what that is. Um, and it can be difficult, but it doesn't have to be um, because an uncomfortable conversation could be a power dynamic where someone is asking you to do something you don't want to do it, and you care about them, but you don't know how to say no. And because we are often passive aggressive and all these other things, they often turn into uh, um, um, conflict, but that doesn't, they don't have to start as conflict. Right. Right. So what happened to me was I was there to do um, straight no chaser as some of you may know as a part of a comedy tour. And so um, I got there early um, just to just so I could, I like to be places early, settled, and also because of my birthday, I wanted not to be traveling, I want to be just settled. And um, someone, the organizer of the trip, um reached out to me. Now, mind you, people know I am not the person to call if you're in an emergency. Just I'm not your, please do not put me down as emergency contact. I never have my phone on. Um, I don't like it ringing. I don't like the sound of it ringing. I don't like the sound of the the, the, none of the notifications, none of them. And again, when I say at five o'clock, I'm ready to shut it down. I'm ready to shut it out. My phone goes off at like at the latest nine o'clock, just like, I don't want to be bothered with it. And it doesn't come back on until the morning. It's do not disturb. So if you're in emergency, let me tell you, if you know me, do not put me as your emergency contact because, and I've said this before, if somebody dies, They'll be dead in the morning. I can deal with it. That's just what that is. I just don't. I'm not running out of my house because I just can't, oh, I just can't do it. So <laughs> um I wake up that morning and there's a call at 138 where this individual needed, was in them, had was having an issue. And um, I just had to honestly just have that conversation. Like, um, this is not th- th- that's not gonna so let me break down. They had an issue at 138 in the morning. They needed money, number two, and why they needed money was a situation that yes, they are being harmed, and yes, they need to be prioritized. Um, and still, it's chaos that I don't want to be involved in. It's 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 it's, it's I am if I back in my cause the same days, I would have taken this one and run with it. But because I'm no longer there, I'm doing softer and slower. It does yeah. not align. So I really knew I had to have a conversation, a, a, a professional relationship that I thought we were about to move forward with a project. I recognized just in that small thing, the three things that I was like, I cannot do this. And I know it's best for me to cut bait right now, than wait later. Now that's the uncomfortable part is to sit. And so I had to have that conversation. Um, And so that meant, at that point because i was no no longer going to be on the tour what was i going to do with straight no chaser and the whole um the whole intention behind me doing straight no chaser was to start having these honest unfiltered conversations that we keep all keep starting around. And so what it made, I just said, you know, just process. So that was another reason I didn't want to go on that that thing at night was because I was still processing. Like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Well, I was, in, you know, I need to get in my headspace and figure out what do I want to, where do I want, because this thing that I thought I was going to do for the next year is not going to happen. Um, what am I going to do now? And the thing that keeps coming back to me over these Professional relationships that I've had over this last six months that have just been absolutely challenging, and these have been friends, which makes it worse. Uh, from the publisher to the videographer to the to the stylist to the social media person, and now the the comedy tour thing. Um, if this was some, I'll be honest, if this is some mediocre, um, a white guy. I could just dismiss it as whatever, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But because these were friends and we could not figure out how to manage these relationships, I want to have these conversations because at any point, I would have given these individuals way more leeway than anybody else. Um, If the project wasn't coming in on time, if or whatever, they could have easily, or so I thought, let me put that easily picked up the phone or sent an email and I tried that every time there was a bump I hey we need to talk we talk about it it's okay I got you and then it goes you know it's just the whole thing and that's one reason I realized that so many people think they have businesses and they don't they just have because they have no processes procedures or policies they just do not know how to function as a business operate as a business and so I just said you know what I can't even get to having a conversation about profit without oppression. I can't even get to having a conversation about what, how to build a supremacy, coercion, discrimination, exploitation-free future because we can't get to this part. So the tenets of the work are authentic conversations, hopefulness, and strategic action. Hopefulness we have in abundance, Strategic strategic action. I'm building that out every fucking day. But I can't have, I'm not having authentic, people are not having authentic conversations and we can't do this work until we get to that point. Mm-hmm. And so what Straight No Chaser is, has become is a newsletter, a platform, a newsletter on Substack, um, and it's Straight No Chaser, and it's a blueprint for having uncomfortable conversations at work. I want to stay in the professional zone. I do no, not want to be talk about how your husband doing what, your kids doing what. I ain't got, uh-uh, that's way too much shit. I don't have the bandwidth for. I've been there, done that. I'm over it. <laughs> um, So I just really, because I really want, now we probably will be talking about, I will probably might address some childhood shit because what it is, what I find is organizations are built up of people who are still walking around with unprocessed unhealed harm and pain and scars and trauma and then bring that shit into work Mm -hmm. and this is why I fight so against the oh work is apolitical we're a family all that bullshit no because you're not dealing with people as they are as humans because that's what we bring in but what I really want people to be able to is start thinking about if you're the person who was triggered, where did that trigger come from? What? Because I, I own that. Not the person who, who triggered me. I own that.
1: Even, yeah.
2: if they, even if they've harmed you, you own that trigger because how you respond to that harm will either, if, you, if you're not aware of the self-awareness of how that trigger is, you will not respond in the ways that are appropriate to get that person not to do that shit again.
0: Right, right. Isn't that it's it's such a, a fundamental truth that you can and either
2: yet, hold, hold that thought. I want you to say that because mm-hmm. and yet all majority of organizational need, leaders want to behave as if they're 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 deprioritizing human aspects and prioritizing the technology aspect, and quote unquote AI which does not exist <laughs> at all. Um, is not equipped to handle the shit, the trauma you bringing into the work relationship from some shit your dad did to you 20 years ago that you need to unpack so that you're not inflicting harm or continue, or, 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 or inviting additional harm because of shit you have, mm-hmm. you haven't dealt with. And so it's, it's all of that. And so what it is gonna be a weekly newsletter that's gonna launch August 4th. Where I am answering anonymous questions related to how to how to handle these uncomfortable uncomfortable professional conversations.
0: Mm-hmm. And you just had the opportunity to to do this um, recently. Yes, you did, and um, with with a fairly um, high well, profile conversation. You were
2: going to say something about. Did you?
0: I was, but. I was happy to let it go because I felt like the conversation was moving in a great direction. It was just, I was just going to affirm what you said just in terms of my personal experience with being responsible, not responsible, but having to have some level of accountability to your own triggers so that you can best understand. that. that was my point. Like, you know, how you respond will proliferate potentially, or you can heal potentially.
2: This is why I've been talking about recently Mm-hmm. There, there are two phases. So the first phase is I want to, pra- and this is what I've been practicing, putting space between my trigger and my response. The second phase is, is no longer having, having a, a, that the trigger no longer has any influence on me. So I don't even need that. So right. I'm not there yet. I'm still in the, something triggers me. I'll give myself space before I respond <laughs> and then respond. Because what I found is the trigger happens, and I was not even conscious of the response. It just came out because I rehearsed that. T- I've had that trigger so many times that I re- that the 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 response is 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 rote. It is in my DNA. Yep. So yeah, I'm happy I stopped you because I did want to bring that up. But go ahead. No,
0: <laughs> but well, now I have to. But I want to now. I want to add to what you're saying. Yes, and exactly. <laughs> it, because, but when you think about. How, how I don't even think we understand these to be triggers, but I'm even thinking about conversation patterns that you get into, whether it be a spouse, a coworker, but you immediately put up your defense mechanisms and you're not even listening to what they're saying because
2: you're paying out the narrative or the script from the last few times you had it so exactly you, so it's like you when they say something you already know where it's going so i'm yep. going over, yep mm-hmm. as soon as absolutely. they say that word or they make that tone or they have that look you know what yeah uh-huh yeah, yeah absolutely
0: and and you're and you're already plotting your next yep. steps and yep. i i do that all the time i mm-hmm. do that all the time and i think being able to put that space and actually just listen just listen
2: whether you agree with it or not yeah now I will listen again if we have agreed upon foundation which is supremacy free coercion free discrimination free and expectation free and and in this conversation you won't do anything that will make me being vulnerable to you a problem or cause me additional like so you ain't gonna throw that shit in my face you're not gonna put it as a part of my put it in my review or whatever you know it's not gonna come back to haunt me and so that's one thing that most organizations they want this behavior but they haven't done that work
1: they haven't done the work of when someone's vulnerable are they safe Mm -hmm. or will this be thrown back in their face at some point because that's what you end up um Oh,
2: oh my God, I was watching this, the, the new Dr. Hillsong documentary on um, Hulu. And they were talking about that. I can't think of his name. right. that one preacher who was in New York who got kicked off, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, the, the the story of this this church is just a shit show. But one of the things he was saying is how in doc, they would go to, they have this school in Australia, Hillsong School. And that's where the, the ministers and stuff would, um, and they get so personal in your life. He was saying how, it is set up for you to lie. And we'll, oh my God, and it connects to something else we've talked about before. It is set up for you to lie because he says you're in this room and then people, they'll ask, so have you had a, a sexual thought in a, in a year? And he said, he's looking around, oh, no one got one. No one's had a sexual Okay, well, <laughs> nope, I ain't had a sexual thought either. So it sets you up. Uh-huh. So it goes back to that, that message. I was, oh, I didn't read you the message from today. This is something I wrote today. Yeah. As I prep to launch my new project, Straight No Chaser, a blueprint for having uncomfortable conversations at work, advice column, it is clear that one of the remaining barriers to building a supremacy, coercion, discrimination, exploitation-free, uh, uh, exploitation-free future is, is that most, particularly the most powerful and privileged, still struggle with the misinformation at best and disinformation at worst that defines their existence, their inherent, quote, eminent domain overall. So we're all uh, um, in this shit. We all are uh, assimilated to this shit. And so this is a cisgendered white dude sitting in a room at this church thing and everybody's fucking lying. And so that becomes the narrative. That becomes how people operate. No one feels safe enough to say whatever it is. And that happens in organizations every day. Some Leadership person or some group or um, some cultural norm states of expectation, unwritten, unsaid, but everybody knows what the hell it is. And yet you're saying, oh, well, I really, Kim, I really want us to be more, you know, to have more communication in this. No, you really don't. Every process, procedure, and policy you have, if you've even
1: created those, are counter to this thing that you say you want to experience inside your organization.
0: I know. And I think it's such dangerous territory because so much confidence and trust has been lost over the last few years in Mm -hmm. organizations.
2: Oh, like right now, everybody's, um, by the time this comes out, we would have had Juneteenth. Look how many people who... Got off work, and so they're using it as an off day. That and it has as and that has no attachment to the real history of what that day meant. Um, and there are companies two years now that they they're now. Somebody told me now, well, not just one. I've seen I've seen several things, and people have told me that now two years, three years out outside of um George Floyd. Now, people, are um, companies are abandoned and you should have did it anyway, because corporate, um, your corporate blackface does nothing for me. And I actually want to read to you what I what what I said so that we are very I want to be very clear.
1: Here, because um, I talked about um, this the other day. Um. I said, this was one thing. I said, honestly, I'm
2: over companies adopting, quote unquote, Juneteenth as a holiday because as predicted, it no longer sends the experience of enslaved Africans and has been turned into a day off for many who would have no problem with enslaving their descendants. Take that in. So you're celebrating something and you fundamentally don't believe, some of you still believe I should be slaves. And so somebody responded, would you prefer it not be a holiday or prefer companies were less performative about their adoption? First of all, it should not be a holiday. And then I said, I would prefer that non-Black folks and their systems, institutions and policies, not in all caps, use Black trauma as a signal for your humanity but to actually fucking behave in
1: ways that acknowledge ours corporate blackface does not improve my lived experience i need to have that we need to have those conversations we need to be able to have those conversations yeah and no one
0: probably feels comfortable having that conversation inside their organization yeah you so, go so enter straight a no chaser
1: yes which
0: will be the destination to to have those conversations to test them to to we always say model yes. we try we yes. try to model them here and i think it's important to understand that that it that it is important to role play it's important to talk through con- because to your point kim everybody brings their own lived experiences to any conversation and mm-hmm. so until you play it out and, and think about, okay, I'm going to say, I have a definitive point of view. Here's what I'd like to communicate. You know, and um, ultimately you hopefully have, this is what I'd like to walk away from. Mm-hmm. With a conversation with an understanding, next steps, you know, it's really important. And, and until you actually go through and role play it, it's, it, you know, in my opinion, it, it's going to be really helpful to understand how you unpack with others, you know, what, what the circumstances are surrounding it and just how to go about it, how to go about it.
2: Just think about this. I don't know anybody who has a driver's license who did not practice beforehand. Even if you practice even if you just got on a tractor or whatever, you out there practice, you was out there, but yet we do not practice having uncomfortable conversations. And but you know why we don't? Because to do so, particularly at scale, challenges everything that is existence.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We live to automate. We have email. We don't have to see someone. We, you know, you could leave a voicemail. You could, you could. I mean, there's a million ways to avoid uncomfortable conversations. No, but or, I want to.
2: I, I want to go deeper because I'm yeah. what I'm. What I'm saying is deeper. So that's the surface. What I'm saying. I need you to go deeper. Think about the foundation. If I challenge, if I was, uh, if I would had practice and were masterful at having uncomfortable conversations. And I, we're not talking debates
1: because that's not what we're talking about. It challenges everything about white supremacy everything about white schools that's what and that's the root of this so it manifests in what you're saying right
2: but that's not the root of it and that's the problem people think where well, they keep fu- fucking around with the level you're at mm-hmm. that's why de doesn't work because we fucking around with the stuff that, that that's not the root. it's not the root the root is if someone, and this is why I'm not a DNI specialist, I'm a business strategy specialist, because if, if, a, if, a, if a C-level came to me and said, hey, Kim, we want to bring you in to help us with our DNI, you work with me, there's so much shit that we need to talk about before I even would even agree to that. And this is why I tell people who, particularly black women who are in these roles, even though it's a whole lot of goddamn white women, Do not think that your effort, if you go in making sure you get paid and understanding that your efforts probably won't have much of an impact long term. You can make these incremental small things if you have the resources, autonomy and authority.
1: But until I talk to leadership, you know me, I don't do shit without talking to leadership first. I don't care who it is.
2: You can bring me in and do whatever. Uh uh-uh. uh. I'm not getting on that stage until I talk to the people who are paying me because what you're not going to do is say I fucked up or that's not what you said because I heard it from somebody. Nope, 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 nope. Because I need to make a determination if this is worth me doing my putting the time in, putting in the presentation. Do I want to travel there? Do I want to do any of that? You're not the only person to make the decisions. I'm making the decisions as well. So that is why I know I have to model this because I was even where you were. I know it underneath it, but I'm like, yeah, because all of these individuals who I've had in these relationships or, or or renegotiate this relationship with, Said they understood what supremacy, coercion, discrimination, and exploitation freedom meant. Said they understood what the guiding principles of tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical, attention without strategy is chaos, um, lack of inclusion is a risk and increasing a crisis management issue, and that we must prioritize the most vulnerable. They say they get it, but there's a ceiling, there's a there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, not even a ceiling, there's a floor that they have no foundation. They can't stand sturdily
1: on this thing. And so I need to build that sturdy base. And that's why all these books have a blueprint for a blueprint.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And we've talked a lot about it. I mean, a blueprint is necessary, but until you can master the fundamentals of just communicating, a blueprint won't won't serve its purpose. That's why we're not
2: getting to the authentic conversation part about what we're trying to do here, because no one knows how to do it. So as a Gemini, I'm going to take that on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, and what I was getting to uh, er, uh, earlier is uh, you have a great example of taking that on recently or at yes. least being involved in a conversation uh, that was happening with Blue Sky. Um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
2: OK, so Blue Sky is the it was um, a part of Twitter at the beginning and then they broke it out and Dorsey um. It's his pet project. So it's a, de- a decentralized Twitter client. Right. So instead of a centralized, so I, I, let's talk about language here uh, for folks who don't understand. So you can understand a centralized um, social platform or anything like that means that all the decisions are coming from a leadership company. The company owns it in some way. So it, Facebook, all those decisions come from Facebook. Moderation okay. decisions, what content, who, um, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, TikTok, <laughs> um, Instagram, Pinterest, all of them are centralized, decentralized. And the biggest social media platform we have of that is Mastodon, which mm-hmm. is they function as let's say a Twitter replacement, but instead of having centralized where one set of, um, or- organizational leaders make the decisions, each server. So everybody's on a server. So instead, of, so you can think of Twitter as one big server. So this is several servers that connect to each other, communicate to each other. So you, I, which, and it, this is one of the issues that Mastodon had right at the beginning when people was transferring off because you choose a server based on its moderation in the community, and okay. so because they were the the default Mastodon, people were going on there because they didn't understand this this the the this decentralized part about that. Black and brown folks, trans people. Uh, LGBT were getting harassed again because it's the same. It's not like see this is what people don't understand. We're not asking Twitter to get rid of Nazis. They exist in the world. What we're saying is they don't have equal voice as people who you somebody who does not acknowledge my humanity should not get the same leverage as the person that they're attacking. That's what we're saying. And so there needs to be um, places for that. And also that's what fucking advertisers are saying. They're actually saying they don't want Nazis on there. I don't mm-hmm. want them on there either, but I can't stop that. And that's Shit the fuck, You ain't got to talk to me. Stay, so but see, uh, and decentralized they can have their own servers. All the Nazis can be in one place, but the issue is they get to con- uh, communicate with the other servers. And so you need moderation to either when so- to block the whole server that's doing that or individuals. And so yep. that's kind of, so that's, that's where blue sky is not there yet They're trying to get there. They're actually centralized right now. And they hope they're doing this new protocol. And then the idea is to become decentralized. And so what they did was they reached out to this black woman. Because it's like, again, like Clubhouse. Clubhouse had all these invitations. And what they how Clubhouse got famous was they brought on black people. And black people start bringing on other people. Fuck it. Blackness is the culture. Y'all need to just go on and do that. And y'all need to go on and pay us for that shit. So they gave her, um, I think, a thousand invites to invite because again, black Twitter is trying to figure out where they're going to go. Right. Yeah. Um, and so she started inviting all these people. Right. And so she, because, and this goes back to also, if you've been watching the Reddit situation where yep. Reddit situation is, this is a platform that's never made money, but they've used the free label of moderators and code and, and developers to build out that platform. And so when they realize they need to go IPO and they need to make money or cut off, so these third party people are actually making money on these things but they not but these third party people are the reason their fucking site exists it would not exist without them and so now they're trying to, to trying to close that loophole and make money off this people who are doing this shit for free and this one platform has so many i think they have two million subscribers no i can't remember how many subscribers but he said he he's got they're gonna shut gonna probably have to shut down because it's going to, they're going to go from paying zero to now their month, their yearly cost of $2 million. Who the fuck? Exactly. It's like even like realistic. It's like, who thought of this? Who yeah. even thought of this? Right. So yesterday, uh, so, so on, um, we're recording this just to say um, um, on the mm-hmm. thir- 12th and the 13th of June, some of these um Reddit um threads, I forgot what they call them, um communities were gonna go black for 24 48 hours just to prove. And they did it yesterday and the whole fucking site went down because they own and they didn't make it go down, but because they the stuff that they give um, um Reddit for free, they weren't doing the site went down. So that's again the whole cut out, don't cut off your nose to spite your face. Right. So Again, so I say that to say, because it's it's not, this is not a unique situation. It happens all over the internet. So she's done all this work. She's brought all these people on. And right as soon as it happened, we started noticing, um, because they didn't, they brought all these people on. They want to open this up to the world to compete with Twitter, have no moderation set up, have no, they didn't even have blocking set up at that point. That tells you who's ever on this design team is not a member of the most vulnerable at all. Because they, so they, while they're building that shit out, all these other people coming on who, you know, again, and what happened was this one person, individual, made a comment about something. So there was a a hullabaloo about, um, again, community. There's part, people in the community, I don't remember what the topic was, but they were sharing a R. Kelly meme, which was offensive to Black, which is offensive to many Black, people, particularly Black women of how all that played out. And she mm-hmm. suggested, hey, y'all not do that. And all hell went broke loose. And this uh, one individual said that suggested that she be taken top of a building or something and pushed off. And people were saying that was a, a death threat. The, mo- the, the team was like, no, 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 that isn't. That, people use that as metaphorically. I remember I got blocked. on I, My account got shut down on Twitter because I told somebody to go play in traffic. And the only reason I came back was because my community knew people at Twitter. And they had when somebody did a search, there are people who had already had several people that told Jack Dorsey to play in traffic and they didn't get it. So that's how I got my account back. So if something as simple as go play a traffic issue blocked, mm-hmm. go put take her to the top of a building and push her off, that's not. So that's what's been so in all of this, she reached out to me because she was like, what do I do? What, what, what? I, and I told her, I was like, first of all, um, you need to stop building that business because that's what the fuck you're doing. You're building that business for free. You need to stop. Um, and that's how we get caught up because we get caught up because, again, Black folks are in service to everybody else, particularly Black women. We think we're doing a service for the community. You have no financial stake in this community. You have nothing. You're just doing unpaid labor. And you're bringing your friends. And that's what I told her. I said, you need to make a public apology because you've bring, bring, been bringing in people into this space and they and saying that it's safe when it's not. Mm-hmm. And so what I shared with you was, she now she's being interviewed. And I sent you the interview about yeah. that situation. And I was like, this is what I'm talking about. I'm having people in my DMs already
1: all the time about how do I handle this situation? What do I need to do?
0: And it's really helpful because, I mean, I'm sure when you said both of those points to her, you know, working for free, she didn't think of it that way I mean you're pointing out what what would maybe seemingly obvious but it's not when you're in the when you're in it because it's a
2: biz- it's, I'm, I'm, I'm coming from a yeah, business you perspective. are it's and coming it's very from a community perspective right. you're doing business free right. work for a business right right it has so, That getting funded by block. yep yep
0: you're stating facts you're you're very objective and and that is really that's you know again I think when you look at it from an objectivity perspective it's it's a lot easier to take the uncomfortable nature out of these conversations. Yes,
1: exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so that that was that. And so that is why this newsletter, it's going to be $5 a month. Um, and it will be, because again, I'm not doing any work for free. If, if you can't f- uh, for $5 to get this, because it's going to be like a Dear Abby column. Yeah. Um, but um, Dear Abby got paid to do her shit. So you might not have paid but she got paid to do all these, advanced, they got paid, they get paid to give advice. And so that's what I'm going to do. And so I, we create, I created a forum where you can give, um, ask a, a, a anonymous question, and then I'll be answering those anonymous questions. And so what, how I have it in mind is um, we, we, I just put it out every Friday. Um, I, you know, share stuff, on uh, social media once a month, I either do in person or a virtual event where we're, actually I'm asking live questions and then going tying back to the event that's happening in December, the whole evening event would be a straight straight, no chaser cocktail party where we're sitting around eating, you know, eating hors d'oeuvres, drinking <laughs> a little bit. And just, I'm just honestly answering people questions, people's questions.
0: That's awesome. So what is giving you joy this week? Can't two bitches be joyful.
1: So,
2: By the time this airs, I will have already returned from Mexico. I'm going on a CEO retreat for Black women. Um, And ah, this goes to, ooh, this goes to the conversation we were having offline about the confidence to do for yourself that you have no no problem with confidence doing for other people. Um, And I've really been struggling with Again, shutting down the scene, going back to bare bitums, bare bones, I don't have an assistant. I don't, I, you know, I'm doing it all myself and and trusting that I can do it all myself. Now, mind you, I have no issue with trusting I can help somebody else,
1: mm-hmm. but
2: it's it's the turning the help or the support or the encouragement or the giving myself, again, that space. Um, it's hard.
0: It's so hard. We were talking about this before we officially started recording, as you mentioned, and I said, you know, it's a literally, it's an authentic conversation with yourself. Like, yes. you, you know, what is it about? I don't. What is it about the the inclination, yeah, to to trust in your ability for others, but not for yourself,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and is it a trust thing? Is it a is it a? I don't know.
1: It's an. I, don't I know, know what it is. I know
2: exactly what it is. It's an yeah. indoctrination thing. As a black woman, again, my role has always been to be of service to everybody else. And even white women have it, except that you don't have it to the extreme that we have because you can leverage someone else helping you or someone else, the expectation that someone else is gonna help you out. There is no expectation for us. That's why black women say, well, fuck it, I'll just do it myself if I got to do it right. Because who who steps in the gap for us? Besides other black women, we're all fucking tired. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna be a joy just to go and she's in the town by the water just to go and be with some professional Black women talking about where we go next.
0: Well, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so nice. Oh, and Mexico. And how about you? I love, I love Mexico. I have a love for Mexico. Oh, that's I haven't been wonderful. to Mexico
2: in years. So this is a yeah. yeah. She's that in my, uh, my accountant is an expat now. She moved there. So she's bringing us there.
0: Oh, how great. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. What is bringing you joy? You know, so I don't know if you were affected by this, but the wildfires from Canada... <clears throat> Did that affect you? At it all, didn't come actually? down this
2: far. It did not come down this far. Yeah, but yeah. I, some folks in North Carolina were saying they had it. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it was damn near apocalyptic here in the New York yeah. City tri-state area, the and it's just—it was unbelievable. We went from—I had the Girl Scouts here. We had a Girl Scout day in the office. They were earning a community or a business badge, and we went out for ice cream. And then suddenly, the skies just started to turn to this really eerie color. The sun looked like an orange fireball. And it persisted for two days. And it got to a point the next day when I went to pick up my kids from school, where I mean, it looked like a scene out of Blade Runner uh, to to date myself. But the skies were just orange and you could barely breathe. And my son, who has asthma, was deeply affected. And I felt like I was on Mars. Like it really. And Mm -hmm. so, why am I sharing this about being joyful? Because The perspective that was gained just like when the blue skies finally returned i felt so grateful and so lucky and it also just Mm -hmm. i just felt you know further attuned to like climate change and i don't know it for me it was really something to like experience and i won't forget it like it was just very visceral and just eerie and scary and i just feel really joyful that that we're back to our blue skies i'm looking outside right now and Yeah. yeah It was so, so I have a tremendous amount of joy just enjoying what we have and thinking about the earth and in that special way. Cause I feel like I experienced an otherworldly yeah, earth yeah. last so week. But
2: think about again, going back to what yeah. we were talking about before. Yeah. Without your ability of, let's say, practice of self
1: reflecting, how many people did not take that away from that experience? You know?
2: Yeah. How many, interesting. Did, how many people, not even that experience, they did not have to take the climate experience, but just how quickly things change. Yeah. Yeah. Unexpected.
0: Absolutely. And how quickly they change back and just having reverence for those yeah. moments and yeah. what they could signify. But so again, yeah.
2: oh my God, again, going back, it's the, putting the space between the trigger and the response.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that funny? Even I went up north this weekend with my family and my husband said something to me. He said, a trip is always better after. Like, when you're in it, you're enjoying it, but you're packing and you're getting from point A to B and you're ordering and, it, and you get caught up in it. And then it takes, like, you know, we, we finally get everybody home and unpack. Yeah. And, yeah. and we sat down on the couch. We looked at each other totally exhausted. he's like,
2: that was really epic. I was like, exactly. yeah. it was. But, but, they, but that's, we, a, great, that, that's a great thing. That's a great yeah. thing, though, because it shows you Oh, that just shivers up because what I'm about to say, because it shows you how often people don't get to the home part to, 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 to reflect on the past. We're either stuck still at the, at the, in in the thing where everything is like, that's why, oh my God, I don't, I don't, I rarely take pictures when I'm away because I can go back at any point and put myself in, like, I can go back on that, that, that pontoon boat and see everything I saw when I was writing. I could feel this, the, the, the heat on my skin, all of that. And when we're, we spend so much of our lives in that thing, in that chaos saying, oh, this is great. We're on vacation. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got to enjoy it. I'm spending yeah, a yeah, lot of money. I got to enjoy it. I spend all this money. <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh-huh. Without that we, some of us rarely get to the reflect. Okay, it's over. What did I learn? What did I, you know, what was that like? Was it, do we want to do that again?
1: What about that? We rarely, we we come back and we still talk about the chaos. Yeah. Hmm. Woo. Interesting. That's interesting.
0: <laughs> it is interesting. All righty. So, yeah, you heard it here from Kim straight no chaser get ready we'll be putting the query form so if you have something you'd like to talk through if you'd like to talk through with kim to model that authentic conversation try it out do a little role play
2: yeah it'll be uh we're we're putting the links in the description of this episode
0: yep all right so with that
2: We are are laying the foundation for a future that is hopeful, authentic. Yes, authentic conversations finally, and strategic in action. Will you join us?